It's Monday the 19th of August 2019. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Professor for Software Engineering at the University of Iceland, Matthias Bok, and by David Roch Gunnarsson from Roof's Culture and Arts Desk. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, Angela Merkel will meet Katrin Jakobsdottir today. It's the pair's third meeting, but the first official visit to Iceland by a German Chancellor for 19 years. One of the main things they will talk about, both alone and also tomorrow with the leaders of the other Nordic countries, is climate change. This week, of course, this weekend, in fact, the memorial plaque to the now ex-glacier Ökjökull was unveiled and attracted global attention. The economic downturn this year seems to be smaller than previously feared. Despite that, uh, Wowair's estate and the claims against it have been revealed and the numbers look very tight. This weekend saw the culmination of Reykjavik Pride, with the biggest parade in its 20-year history. With some questioning the need for Pride in the modern age, its organisers say there is still much to be concerned about. Finally, and not entirely unrelated, is the spate of recent white supremacist social media adverts from a group calling themselves The Last Stronghold that many people in Iceland have been confronted with recently as they scroll through their friends' holiday snaps and cat memes. So, where would you like to begin? Good question. I think the uh, topic that's probably internationally is the most prominent is both the Ockyokul um, plaque and uh, Angela Merkel's visit. Mm. You could imagine seeing those not just on, on Icelandic media, but also in German media. Um, yeah, I mean, the Glacier one, this plaque was announced almost a month ago, and mm-hmm. it did get some, some, some coverage overseas. But this weekend, I think it's been covered widespread, both sides of the Atlantic. It yeah. is a big deal, right? Yeah, like uh, Andrés Nair Magnusson, uh, he wrote an opinion piece uh, for the Guardian, mm. and that like got a lot of lot of traction. It had like thousand, two thousand shares on, on Facebook, and and I mean Guardian is a huge, mm. a huge medium. So mm. I think it was in uh, New York Times, and yeah, you were saying Despigel. Yeah, and Despigel had it uh, this morning. I saw it. Um, I think only after the event, but also like leading up to the um, uh, to the um, walk up there and the unveiling, I saw a lot of international coverage as well. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's something that, especially at, at this time, is um, catching people's eyes. I mean, uh, even though the status was officially lost already in in 2014, now I think it it kind of um, fits in with the the overall consciousness of something's happening and uh, there is. Um, actual tangible consequences of climate change. And that's like a very nice example of it. Like a whole glacier is suddenly gone or not designated as such anymore. Um, so I think that resonates quite well in the in the current public discussion. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like something disappearing. It's like when we lost Pluto. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like, a, I mean, you can say like, yeah, this glacier has shrunk this and this much and, and, and stuff like that. But this is like actually happening. Mm-hmm. Here was a glacier. Now it's no more, mm. and I mean that's quite shocking, and 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 resonates also with yeah, just with the raising consciousness of global climate change in general. Mm. I I mean I, the problem has been well known for many years, and we've been talking about it for years. But I feel that this last one year has really seen a change in the media, certainly. Mm. Mm. Explosion, yeah, and that's got to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's not too late. No. Um, and for example, there at the weekend, there was, I don't know, what was it, about 100 people up the top there? And loads of them so, were yeah. journalists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
say. Yeah. I think that's maybe also because it's kind of, um, mm, yeah, significant to say, well, glaciers have been receding all over the place. We've been hearing that for, for decades now. But like in Iceland, uh, where like which people like find synonymous with glaciers, like even here, like glaciers are, vis uh, are vanishing. Um, maybe that's a glacier I've seen last week on holiday or so. That's something that people can really connect to now. Um, so that probably helps. Mm -hmm. mm, and that's that's good for um, for increasing awareness and consciousness of people asking themselves probably what they can do um, or how would they react how they might change their lifestyle or so in, in response to, to the climate crisis mm. and what they'll demand of their politicians as mm. well yeah. uh, in a related story there was another one about um, Iceland being if things continue as they are almost completely iceless uh, within less than 200 years And that's like, mm -hmm. that's Vatnajökull and everything. Mm -hmm. which, is, which is like one-fifth of the country or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's strange to me, like pretty much every time I stand in front of Gultfoss or I stand in front of Detifoss or so, seeing that all that water that comes down there, this, this massive amount of water uh, coming down there, is all snow melting coming from the glaciers. So like... Um, That if was continuing 24 hours a day, 365 days a year means there is essentially like the equivalent of that if was coming down on the Vatnajökull glacier over the course of every day, pretty much everything that comes down there has to go up there in, in terms of water. So that's kind of incredibly hard to grasp how much water and how much turnover in the ice is, is going on there. And that kind of feels like it's an precarious balance to, to upset so like that this glacier um, keeps going is, is not given um, so that is something that um, does not bode well for the future if like even these very massive glaciers can vanish within 200 years mm -hmm. uh, that means that there's really like a massive effect going on well they know all about that in Greenland don't they mm -hmm. so. Um, the, 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 I've got a picture of the plaque in front of me the wording of it it's in Icelandic and English it says it's a letter to the future Ork is the first Icelandic glacier to lose its status as a glacier. In the next 200 years, all our glaciers are expected to follow the same path. This monument to it, sorry, this monument is to acknowledge that we know what is happening and what needs to be done. Only you know if we did it. And then it's marked August 2019, 415 parts per million CO2 in the atmosphere. It's a strong message. Was it Anders Schneid who wrote it? Or I think know? so. I yeah. think it was. He's okay. certainly been uh, leading this. Yeah, mm -hmm. indeed. Um, anything else, or should we move on? Anything else about the end of the world? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I sure. Mean, move on. Let's move on. So Angela <laughs> Merkel. You <laughs> bet. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, the, the the world will survive. It's just a question of if we do. Humanity. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, shall we move on to Angela? Sure. She's a big deal too. Um, Katrin Jakobsdottir, Icelandic Prime Minister, has met with Angela Merkel three times before, um, but this is the first time in Iceland. It's the first official visit by a German Chancellor since 2000. Does that mean anything? Or, I mean, was that Helmut Kohl or who was Chancellor? in 2000? Um, or it must have been or, or Schröder probably then. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, although I don't recall it probably because. Um, I didn't have that much of a connection to Iceland 19 or 20 years ago than whenever the, the, the previous visit was. Um, but, yeah, that, that should have been Schröder, than I should believe. Schröder? Mm. No. Probably. Okay. Probably. I'm not, not sure, actually. I don't remember seeing it in the media back then. So, Is there a 
change, I'll word it this way, is there a change in German-Icelandic relations, do you think, with this happening now just a month after the president of Germany also visited? Or is it just coincidence? I would think it's coincidence. Like um, German-Icelandic relations not being in any particular critical phase or anything or in need of particular... Um, fixing. So I should think that um, this probably is a continuation of, of normal political relations, but of course also like um, um, a matter of um, mutual respect, like them having met already three times and now uh, Angela Merkel finally coming over certainly is um, also not to be understated. So it's not just a tourism visit for, mm. for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean the two countries have got very good relations. Maybe they're getting even better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, both of the visits have certain focus on the environment. Um, the two countries take that issue perhaps more seriously than most other countries. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> well, taking seriously and doing something are different things. Yeah, but we don't like uh, we don't recycle nearly as much as, for example, Germans. And I mean, we all drive around on huge, huge jeeps, and and we all drive a lot around. So mm. I wouldn't think we take it that serious, like compared to other countries, Western countries. But do you think the, do you think the Icelandic government does? Somewhat, no, but no, not really. Not not when you think about all the aluminum smelters and and, and the heavy industry they have been piling down mm. recent years and and decades. Yeah, I mean. I, Iceland's green reputation is somewhat of a convenience because we've got all this green energy here anyway. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's an overstatement for sure. Mm. I can see to, to a certain degree it's probably like um, the culture has been very different. I mean, when as a as a nation, you um, you have this history of always having the waterfall in your backyard and always having um, the hot spring in your backyard, which just continue spouting indefinitely. There's not much of a feeling of this being a finite resource. So, like energy being something to save and energy being something to conserve, is probably like a concept that's not ingrained uh, as it would be in someone living in. Africa, or so I could imagine, and yeah, so that probably makes a big it's difference. Pro pro probably yeah. part of the reason. Yeah. Also, it's it's inexpensive and and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. So that's that's maybe why, like in, in Germany, like there is a bit more of an of an of an awareness, but certainly Sc also scarcity. more that it could be done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like especially since um, also in terms of other domains, like say electric cars, also. Where um, in in Iceland, I'm seeing so many more electric cars being registered now, being on the road now. But of course, in Germany, we're dragging the car industry behind us, who has been heavily fossil fuel based, and they have a very hard time turning the wheel there to get into a new direction. So that's something where we could be could be doing much more, also, um, or like not realizing the potential of what we could be doing there. Mm, that's a really good point. There's less green energy and and more industrial pressure to to not adapt mm -hmm, in Germany. Definitely. Mm. Maybe if the Nissan Leaf had been made by a German car company, it might be different. <laughs> Possibly, but I don't see them thinking that far right now. So. Mm. Uh, related story, um, Angela Merkel is going to be just a few weeks ahead of Mike Pence, probably, uh, the, the vice president of the USA. Um, although, is that definite? They're talking about it now in the, um, uh, the, the, the last committee. thing I read was that it was not 
definite, but they are trying to fix a, a, a September date or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think it's not definite, but almost. Yeah, uh, there's some protest against that. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the the Foreign Affairs Committee of Althinki are going to be discussing the visit. Um, I'm sure that's just a formality. You don't you don't turn away the vice president of the USA, do you? I Does really, I highly doubt that they'll do it. I, no, I don't think that's a chance. Hmm. Yeah, I, I should think so. I mean, it's even if you disagree, it's a matter of. of political and professional courtesy to at least talk and, and, and see that mm, at least you have a chance to get your point across. So that's uh, the way I would see it. Mm. Busy time for um, politicians in Iceland because all of the Nordic prime ministers are also going to be in the country uh, tomorrow. Merkel's visit is not uh, unrelated to that. Obviously, she, she will be there too. Um, yeah. And I guess that's sort of the marking of the the beginning of the, the autumn political season getting going again. Um and the third energy package rumbles on. <laughs> yeah. Deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Winter is coming. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we should even talk about that. <laughs> no. Right. Mm -hmm. Next one. Where are we? We've got um, Nazi adverts, Wowware, <laughs> Gay Pride, and economic downturns. It's a very cheery week this week, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think Gay Pride was a was a great event. We went there on the weekend, um, the whole family, mm. and that's always really nice to see, really inspiring to see um, people getting out on the streets, people supporting it. Um, and I think especially that is a very much a family event. I, I like a lot here uh, that it's something that feels like it's going through all strata of society, through all age groups, like kids from two years up to um, to um, to grandparents. Uh, and that's very encouraging to see. So um, that's something maybe that you don't see in, in every country, that it's such a complete community event. Hmm. I think they've worked hard on that image, haven't they, over the last 20 years? Yeah, they have. But there's like, there was this one thing that was pretty bad, that the, the uh, I think last year uh, the police was asked to be like not as like towering over the event as they were. Mm -hmm. And now this year they... Uh, they arrested uh, a woman because basically she was a known protester, or she was she is like an activist in mm. general and has been working with uh, no borders uh, organizations like that, and she was just arrested for being a part of the of the walk because they thought she was gonna bring a ruckus or cause problems or something like that. Yeah, I, I I read that myself. Um, crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy, and I think it's a bit too like also too like. I mean, it's great that uh, it's a family friendly event and everything, but also I think you shouldn't like uh, that that all uh, that all gay people should be just like this really tight virtues. Just want to be like a family with two point two kids and. To put to be put into the exactly the same family values box as mm -hmm. as the other thing. I mean, mm. to, like to be afraid of some like radicals like that person who got arrested. I mean, mm. so do you think that there were members of the parade that had asked the police to arrest her? No, I Is don't it? think that. No, okay, I don't think it was just police being 
it over something something yeah because they'd know, known her and she was like oh she's always she's always protesting everything she was, she's gonna do something anyway, yeah yeah i mean you can't you cannot arrest somebody preemptively yeah exactly yeah. No, no 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 crazy uh the parade was the biggest one so far in the 20 years that it's been running mm-hmm. um, it seemed to go very well i have to admit i was devastated not to be there i was stuck at an airport <laughs> delayed by 24 hours it was horrible uh, i um, was not there also i i'm not a fan of large crowds, crowds of people <laughs> but i wasn't on tv it looked good yeah <laughs> uh but you were there matthias yeah, yeah. I mean, great atmosphere yeah despite uh, the wind so like we were braving the wind for for quite a while but um, that didn't seem to um didn't seem to disturb anyone so it was really good to um to see and to be there i think we've been there like every year you know since we came to iceland um and then every time enjoying it a lot and meeting friends there so um that's great and the rainbow street school over the stigas that they marched down will remain for the first time it's yeah, now a permanent a permanent rainbow mm-hmm. which is yeah i mean it looks great i think i think it looks great yeah. i hope also that this would be like not a street for cars like in the winter time or something was i mean yeah if the, go through the bother of, of painting it like that, that you shouldn't have cars running down there, I think. Mm. Well, that's a whole different kettle of kettle of worms? Fish? I don't know. Can of worms. What a can of worms, kettle of fish. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the the road closures downtown is not in the news this week, but uh, it seems to me that the people protesting it the hardest are the shopkeepers. Uh, yeah. Which is weird, because everyone that lives and walks down there seems to like it the way it is. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It's just... Um, I mean, sometimes the capitalists just don't know what's best for them. Amen. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got time for uh, probably one, maybe two more. Um, wow Air is the one, the story that just will not go away. Although maybe it will now because they are paying out of the bankruptcy estate. Um, one thing I found interesting about that story is that they said it was functionally insolvent last summer a whole year ago mm-hmm. and yet continued going till march and mm-hmm. when it went bankrupt it had three million kroner in the bank which is not a lot of money no, not for an airline no. um not for an airline no not even for a family <laughs> um yeah so that's interesting and it's also not sure whether or not the priority claims on the estate will be paid in full uh, that would be bad for mm. the flight attendants for example um pilots and everyone else Isavia uh, certainly i imagine they won't be happy even though when they're the ones keeping them afloat for a while by giving them or yeah. allowing them to uh, to run up um, uh, debt I, mm. i mean the, the flight attendants will get paid uh, like from outplayer learner i think in the end at least but yeah i think that's probably like the, that they were Uh, allowed to go on so long and Savia made them all those reservations as mm. just because I mean people are actually talking about that the Icelandic state should just like directly mm. assist them and it's just seen as to having an like an Icelandic like airline is somehow like really nationally uh, important mm-hmm. and I mean, I think they've. It's been clear that yeah, the downturn hasn't been as hard as we thought it would be. 
and I mean there is still an Icelandic airline coming here and like tens of others mm-hmm. flying mm-hmm. here that that this uh, airline wasn't as important as people thought it would be. Mm. I, I don't personally have an opinion on that the people are saying, you know, the Icelandic government should have stepped in to save Huawei. But what I do think is interesting is that Isavia is a state-owned company mm-hmm. and they were sort of de facto doing that a little bit yes, mm-hmm. on their own without mm-hmm. the government's permission mm-hmm. or involvement. So I, I think it should have been one or the other. Isavia should have been hard or the government should have said, yes, do this on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really got to the bottom of that yet, have we? Yeah, true. M- maybe Isavia had like de facto permission from somebody in the government. I mean, could be, but I don't know. Well, no one's admitting it. No, and Isavia have been like criticized for a lot of things and also for being sort of like a state in the state that nobody nobody checks them. Mm. Yep. Well, anyway, good luck to them um, paying <laughs> out what they can. And who knows, maybe Wow Air 2 will happen. Not holding my breath. Uh, yeah, final point. We mentioned the economy a moment ago, or there's the uh, the social media um, adverts. Which one? Uh, Maybe the social media adverts. Um, yep. The economy seems like if it's doing okay, then it's, then it's not yeah. as much of a news as if it would be doing worse than expected. Exactly. But Nazi adverts? That's always a bad thing. Yeah. I, I haven't seen this in the news until now. But I did see it on Facebook. It, they, they, they got me, and I was mm-hmm. surprised to see it. Um, since people are listening and not looking, can you describe a little bit what the adverts are? Uh, yeah, there's like there are like there's like a painted picture. It's like an uh, like of Reykjavik with Hatlers Kirka and the like, and then there's a big uh, picture on that painted of the face of Hitler, and then the tagline goes something like, uh, uh, where are you going, white man? Mm. Something like that. Yeah. And so I, I, at first I thought it was like a joke or something, because it just looks tacky and weird. And, and But then I checked out that they have this homepage where they have like uh, translated like a really long manifesto. That's disturbing. Yeah, and it and it's it's a part of some like neo-Nazi group uh, in in the other Nordic countries, mm-hmm. I think. So, do we know anything about if 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 the adverts are being put up there and paid for by people in Iceland, or if it's just translated and it's from Scandinavia? Mm, we don't know who like puts up the money. No, but. The guy who writes on the Facebook page and the web page, he at least talks, speaks fluent Icelandic. Mm. Like better Icelandic that I've seen most, most, most of the hardline like nationalists that mm. that are like expressing their views in the comment section on Geo.3s. But so yeah, and and I mean it's getting paid for, and I mean since like. I mean, a lot of people saw it, and that means that you put like some amount of money in it because if you start a new account on Facebook, then it's like really cost you a lot more to 
if you don't have like an audience and mm. people who like your page and stuff like that. It, mm-hmm. No, that's right. And the underline or whatever, the, the, under, the, the, the subheadline on the adverts is do you want a Nord? Do you want a Nordic nation state or uh, multicultural? Multicultural, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's clearly saying no, you don't want the latter. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you know, a lot of people do want the latter. Um, yeah. I think it raises wider questions about the influence of social media and how easy it is to reach lots of people with a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And what they. Was it only on Facebook? Do we know that? Or was it on. I've only seen it on Facebook. Mm. And also, like, I mean, it probably won't won't be up for that long because uh, people on Twitter were, like, saying, hey, report this, and and I I think I did, and a lot of people did, so... Mm. I think it's always tricky if this applies or if this comes up on social media because, for one thing, you can target it so precisely that it just goes under lots of people's radar who just would not be susceptible to it anyway. So, like... Uh, people who would disagree with this up front probably wouldn't even have seen the message. Mm. And so similar to what we saw in the US elections or in the Brexit elections or so, suddenly public opinion sways in a way that no one was able to predict because they just didn't realize that there was some campaigning going on. They were in their, their yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I think that makes it um, kind of difficult if it's a public debate. And of course you can you can counter it, you can argue against it, you can have a real public debate about it. But if it's just like pushed at the people who are susceptible to it, then that just amplifies itself without any form of um, uh, of, of debate or of, of countering it. So I think that's uh, kind of dangerous. But this seems to not have been targeted that, mm. n- not not have been targeted very well. They probably didn't have a market specialist to <laughs> to, f- to find their focus groups. Like, <laughs> mm. yeah. but because like a lot of people like, yeah, I mean, because that then that would probably people be people like that don't have higher education live in the country like at least and I, but sort of like everybody in my circle of friends who are mm-hmm. all like the liberal artsy types mm-hmm. I mean they, they all saw it so it was okay. probably mm-hmm. just like a blanket yeah, yeah possibly thingy possibly targeted at white men given by the the, that, the title used that could be if that's even possible I don't know but, but I, I think it's not but I think it's interesting because like Iceland has rarely had like like an on public like neo-Nazi group, there there have been like dabbles in like uh, xenophobia and nationalism, but like like out front like using Hitler in adverts. That's pretty mm. more like hardcore than we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. The design of it is made to look like nineteen twenties German. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Advertising, it's it's very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, like you say, hopefully Facebook have taken it down by now. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting question. Also, what they're trying to achieve by it as well. I mean, you know, what are they trying to achieve by it? It's it's C- just a recruiting new people, probably. Are they? Yeah, I mean, but are they active in? You saw the website. Uh, yeah, uh, they have been like a few before. They have been like they have put up like uh, stickers on like uh, on like bus stops. A few few before, I mean, but and they put up like a Twitter account like a year ago. Hmm. But 
not not like very active, but they have been like yeah, putting up some stickers and mm. stuff like that. Just quick one last point before we have to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. What are the Facebook standards on this sort of thing? I mean, it doesn't. It's asking a question ostensibly. Mm-hmm. Is it against their decency standards? My suspicion would be, especially given Facebook being an American company with with very broad latitude on, on free speech, that they would just let it go because it's not obviously they're targeting any particular person or so. So even though I would very much like to see it, it not having on a place on, on Facebook, I don't think they would do anything against it. They have like a few few uh, few different one of these. I don't mm. remember what they all say. Someone say, say, some would say that like swastikas in Hitler's face would be like obvious, it's clear. obvious hate speech. Yeah. I mean, mm. not. Yeah. Wait and see. I, I haven't studied it. And some, sometimes they have not put down like something that you, you would clearly think would be like mm. uh, invitation to arrest people or something like that. But mm. I don't know. Well, there we go. It had to happen sooner or later. Um, we are, in fact, out of time. The Week in Iceland will return to roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, to the Roof app, and as a podcast, including on Spotify, next Monday afternoon, the 26th of August. For now, it's thanks to my guests, Matthias Bok and David Roth Gunnarsson, and to Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. We like to finish the show with the number one song on the Raustur chart, but Hjaltalin is still on top. Congratulations to them. So instead, we'll play the number two song this week, Wild Roses by Of Monsters and Men. Bye for now. Wild roses on a bit of leaves in the month of May. I think I wrote my own pain. Oh, don't you?
I am wild and I, and you got me 